What up, everybody? I'm going to initiate a call to action for everyone to donate $1.99 so that you can access the back catalog of the podcast as well as to help your podcast grow. I'm trying to grow the podcast and I want to do that with you guys and make it better and brighter and bring you more information. So if you want to access the back catalog and help support me as an artist, I appreciate you. And please donate at anchor.fm underneath Lockdown Universe. Thanks so much and enjoy the show. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What up, what up, what up? Welcome back to Lockdown Universe, some of the bizarre, peculiar, and unheard of stories of UFO legend and paranormal lore. Welcome back, welcome back. Happy to be back. Hopefully you guys are doing well and taking care of yourself. So today, got an interesting near-death experience as well from nderf.org. This is Annie S. and her near-death experience. So her, her near-death experience took place in the summer of 1974 when she was only 30 years old. So this story is really cool because it talks it, it talks about verification of the near-death experience there. She actually was able to see her doctor in his home and describe to him his home when she came back into her body. And then she was able to go to his home later on, so we'll get into that. And then also in this experience, um, she talks about how she sees herself as a, as having multiple lives in the past that she saw herself um, as a, a Native American and then um, she also talks about um, seeing Jesus as well as seeing the um, good deeds that she had done in her life and uh, it goes on even further so I'll start at the beginning it's not too long so it's a good one. It's nice, short, and concise, but it has some cool details. So um, the reason she had her near-death experience was because of a medical procedure. Um, they were trying to rule out a brain tumor, and they put a needle, and it accidentally hit her central nervous system, causing her pulse to become abnormal, and they did it several times, and they, they made some mistakes. Um, and it just threw her body into a state of shock, and she died. The first thing I experienced, speaking to her, uh, point of view, uh, was that I could suddenly see my body from above. I saw the doctors were incredibly busy treating me, but I didn't understand. I felt wonderful and the light, and I didn't need to go anywhere else. I had no pain, no problems. Now, there's evidence uh, to me that the soul can leave the body, and this is the evidence. I clearly remember that I hovered over the doctor who conducted the treatment. He had gone home after work, and he was lying in his bed. I went into his home and I saw him. I could see he had nervous tics. I knew tele telepathically that he was thinking of me. I felt so sorry for him and I thought, I wish I could straighten out all of his nervous tics because I feel gorgeous. I saw that he went to the toilet several times and I remember that he had some problems with urination. While I was there, I noticed the arrangement of his home and the furniture around him. Later, when I recovered, 
I told the doctor about my visit. I told him about the arrangement of his home and his furniture. I told him of his urination problems, which would be pretty fascinating if you were that doctor. He was stunned because all I all that I said was true. Later, when I recovered, I visited him. I saw everything was as I experienced it. At one point, I asked if I could use his toilet, and he rose in order to show me where it was, and I told him he didn't have to show me because I'd already been there before in my out-of-body state. So back to the experience. After hovering around the earth, I went through a tunnel. At the end of the tunnel was a light that was so indescribably strong, it was nothing like any earthly light, and it was a peaceful place. It was so beautiful that I thought the earth is like a film that hasn't been fully developed. Not until we reach the other side is the film developed. Everything will be seen in beautiful colors that don't exist here on earth. Then I saw a beautiful meadow, and there were flowers and colors that were so fantastic that our earthly brain can't comprehend it. The colors that we have here on earth are very pale in comparison to the colors I experienced in the spiritual realm. The people we claim are dead stood completely alive in front of me. They looked younger than I experienced them on earth, and at the same time there was a kind of a fog over their faces, but I knew it was them. I wanted to approach them, but I heard telepathically that it was not the right time, and then I was pulled back. Afterwards, I had various spiritual experiences. They were correlated to one another. It was like movies shown in clips. During one of the clips, I saw a portal that was like an arch. I felt that it was the arch of life. It wasn't ostentatious, but it was very simple. The arch opened so I could look in, and there I saw the whole meaning of life. I thought it was so simple that I couldn't understand why I hadn't thought of it. It was so simple that even a child could understand it. Unfortunately, I forgot it, but I do know that there is a meaning of life. I flew on, and I was shown various clips of past lives. I had never before related to incarnation at all. I had grown up in a family of non-believers, but I always felt Jesus in my heart. I saw that I had a life as a Native American. I was so strong and powerful, I experienced the whole Native American life, and I sensed that I was a man. I lived in harmony with nature, and it was a wonderful life. Later in that life, I was at war with others, and I experienced falling into a hole where there were some dead people. But I was not dead. There was a nauseous and extremely noxious smell where I was lying. Then things shifted to a new clip. I flew over a figure of Christ standing with open arms. Then I experienced another life. I lived in a hut constructed on poles. There was no furniture, but there were mats on the floor. We were six very beautiful and young girls. It was a wonderful time, and we were there to please men, but it was nice and decent. We were in harmony with nature. Then there was another clip I saw that I had lived in France with the aristocracy. I was very arrogant and I definitely and, a, and definitely not a person that I like. I was a big girl with a fine white dress. I stood with my family and I was about to be executed. Around us was, were a lot of dirty, gross people. They mocked us and spit on us. I thought, mob, mob. Then there was a clip. I must have been beheaded. I saw the mob walking with a wooden vessel flushing away the blood and dirt, and there was another clip. It was all silent and peaceful. I saw the sun. That life was a terrible experience. After that, a loving being who was standing behind my left shoulder showed me my current life. The love was so strong that I dared not turn around, but I think it was Jesus. 
I was shown my life from birth to unconsciousness. I saw myself on the wrong side. I was not as good as I thought I was, and I was ashamed of myself. But the being of love didn't judge me. He supported me and gave me love. I saw not only the actions I had done, but also the thoughts I had sent out. Now, that's interesting. And the thoughts meant more than the actions. That surprised me. I hadn't thought it would be like that. It was very scary. It's very good to do good deeds towards others, but the feelings and thoughts that you send to them count more. Now, I'm going to take a little side note. This is very similar to the Dr. Miyoto experiment that I've talked about with the three containers of rice, where I've actually done this experiment. Many people on YouTube have as well. And they have contained one grouping of rice. Well, three groupings of rice. The first one labeled as I love you. The second one labeled as I hate you. And the th third one being ignored completely. Every day, you can simply say something loving to the bottle that's marked love, or you can think it. In my case, I just thought it. Uh, said, I love you, you're doing great. The second one, I didn't label hate, I just labeled as, uh, I'm not a fan, and I just said, I'm not a fan, and that was really it. The third one never had anything to do with it. And after the 30 days of just thought, the bag of love was still white. The bag that I wasn't a fan of started to deteriorate. It was black, had, had black spots and green spots and it, big ones too, not just like a little dot. I'm talking like like 10, 10 to 20 pieces of, of rice completely deteriorated in one section. So it looked like kind of like cancer, you know, in that bag. And then the third one was basically the same as the second. So your thoughts have power. Um, so going back to the article, um, for instance, it is bad to smile politely at someone while sending negative thoughts to them. It's again, right? It's like, your actions are important. I think they're very important. Um, but apparently in this case, uh, in near, this near-death experience, it's even more important uh, to what kind of thought process you're putting out, what kind of vibes you're putting out into the world. So that's interesting. Um, as you sow, you shall reap. And I found out there was little for me to reap. I guess that's why I wanted to go down to finish my earthly life. Uh, there was so much that I had to do. I had to improve as a human being. I had to go down to sow in order to reap. I hadn't sowed enough. Um, she stated that I was also shown the good things that I had done. In my childhood, there was an area of my home where meth drinkers were gathered. Uh, when I was walking my dog, I was about to pass them, but instead I sat down with them. They were super surprised uh, that I, was sit I wanted to be with them, and I told them that there was someone who loved them and that it was Jesus. I knew that Jesus loved these meth drinkers, and I felt they gave me so much love. They loved me for the person I was. I began going to their homes with them, and I cleaned for them, and I lived in a little wooden hut in the moor. I picked flowers so their hut could be cozy, and I loved being of service. I enjoyed being together with these people, and all this was now shown again, and it counted for one of the good deeds that I've done. And in, connect in connection with my life review, I saw an episode from my childhood of about 10 years old, and this episode was the cause of a deep psychic wound stemming from a father complex. In my childhood, I did everything to please my father, and before my near-death experience, I never understood why he distanced, uh, or he suddenly distanced himself from me. But then I saw my life review, and I understood. I saw a girl who was me, um, and I had gone to my grandfather's 
birthday party, my dad, my dad's father. Uh, and spontaneously, spontaneously, I said, I don't want to go because grandpa's going to die. My father was terror stricken and I got a slap in the face. The only one in my life. Yet I still didn't want to go. I told my father I had a headache, so I was allowed to stay home. At 9.50 p.m., the clock in the living room stopped. And I said, well, Grandpa is now dying. I couldn't sleep despite going to bed. At 1.30 a.m., my parents arrived and my father came into the room and he looked at me with strange eyes and he said, Grandpa is dead. To me, it, it wasn't a dreadful or unnatural thing, for I knew Grandpa was going to die. But my father was shocked, and from that time on, it felt like he was afraid of me, so he distanced himself. I developed some emotional blocking. I did everything to please him. I don't know why uh, or what had caused this distancing, but I found out when I saw my life review. When I was in the spiritual realm, I saw that I had to return to Earth in order to finish many things. But there was a loving being beside me. It wasn't anything visible, but I could sense it. It was a kind of spirit or a soul. And it showed me what I had to return to, my further course of life. But I had not retained a whole lot of it either. My first thought was, I can easily endure that. I was so strong because I had a loving being by my side. But slowly that loving being disappeared and I was sent back through the same tunnel that I had come through earlier. I returned to the hospital where my body lay. I was under the ceiling and I could see the doctors were busy treating me. Now I was afraid. I resisted as I didn't feel like I wanted to come back into my body. I wanted to stay in that spiritual world because I was happy and I felt fine. But I did come back. And that was really cool because I felt as if I was strapped into a straitjacket after I'd been allowed to move freely. I felt terrible pain. I couldn't feel coldness, warmth, or anything. I only felt pain and spasms. It felt like I had been split into two persons. On one hand, I was in the body with all the pain, and on the other hand, I had all the spiritual experiences that lived so vigorous in me. When I returned to my body, I, I obtained a new gift uh, that I had learned to relate to. I could sense and see what other people contained. It was as if it was clear-sightedness. I could go through them and experience their feelings and thoughts. I quickly sensed that the doctors at the hospital weren't honest with me. That frustrated me because at the time I believed in authorities and I believed what the doctors said. But suddenly I could see that they weren't telling the truth and I could see that they spoke out of their own egoism. Some doctors said that I was hysterical because I reacted to my pain, but I could see in their eyes that what they said uh, in their words didn't fit with their thoughts and feelings and that frightened me. I'm convinced that the spiritual experiences were given to me in order to help me through the, all the difficult years in connection with my disease, all the experiences and all the power that God gave me when I was unconscious, uh, it's, it was transmitted so strongly into my mind. This has helped me to endure the terrible pain I've endured. Uh, I remember once uh, I was hospitalized with a concussion after an epileptic seizure. The doctor was looking at my journal and he said aloud to himself, but how can you sit here? You should be dead. Then I told him that I hadn't had a lot of spiritual experiences that had given me the faith in Jesus Christ. Um, I just wouldn't be sitting here. And that made him a little embarrassed and he hurried, hurried on re reading the journal. I have never doubted that it was true what I experienced. After my disease, I wanted to be earthbound. I tried to use logic and tell myself that it was hallucinations, but I couldn't do that. And I still can't. 
when it's so clear in my memory that after 44 years, it just can't be hallucinations. My near-death experience became the foundation of my life, and after being unconscious, I have been through so much pain that I have thought of the loving being I've met. I could fetch so much power from that memory, and that I could endure any pain. By thinking of the love being and my past lives, I could find the strength to live. The loving being is the strongest thing in my life, and I will always draw on it. If I hadn't, if it hadn't been there, I'm sure I wouldn't have endured being here on earth. When over the years I've had such intense pain I couldn't endure it, I've asked for help. I have often experienced a reply that I felt something warm that embraced me like a cloak and that gave me strength to go through the pain. God has helped me in my misfortune and has never left me. He has given me many powers undreamt of to fight the physical and mental pain. Sometimes I felt that the more intense the pain, the greater is God. God is almighty. God is so faithfully, fantastically great. Um, the near-death experience has made me feel like I didn't belong here. I feel like I'm on a charter trip down here and that I belong in the spiritual world. I'm grateful for my family and friends, and I live more intensely every day than I did before. I appreciate each year as I get older, um, for then I know I'm closer to death in the spiritual world. When I had to go back to Earth, I realized that the meaning of life on Earth is like a schooling. It can be incredibly tough, but we must not forget that the more good things we can sow, the more we can reap, and we can leave from here. The school of life is like a trip on Earth. There are certain things that we have to do on the trip. So she goes on to talk a little bit more, but that's the general essence of the story. What's really interesting is towards the end, she talks about how a message was conveyed to her that we must not con condemn other people when they do wrong. They haven't experienced themselves as I did. I understand my experience, uh, or until I experienced myself on the other side, I was unaware of how I really was. So she's talking about how she had seen the bad events that she had created in her life and didn't realize them. And so she states that, therefore, we should never judge our fellow human being, but only try to understand. And that, that was the gift that she was given, was that she was able to see through, basically see through people into the meaning, into their intent, uh, their intentions more than their words, to try to understand them. Um, so even though the doctors were trying to help, they were speaking out of their ego versus out of like, you know, maybe out of a textbook, you know, they were talking about their own ego and what they were capable of doing or understanding uh, more than, you know, trying to go buy the book and do things in the proper order. So that's, that's what's really interesting here. So this particular near-death experience occurred back in 1974, so it's been a lot of years but it was such an impressionable moment for her that it continued uh, to be very vivid in her mind to be able to write it. Um, let me see if I can find out when she actually wrote this one. Again, this is Annie S. And usually it tells you when it was written, but sometimes not. I can't see it here. So anyway, the, the website's been around since the late 90s. I remember being on this site in the late 90s, mid to late 90s, you know, when the internet really first came out. <clears throat> um, so this website has been around forever, and it's great. Um, so it's it's a wonderful resource. Um, what do you think about this one? I mean, there's some 
some very interesting perspectives here, or at least aspects of the um, exist uh, experience. She was able to go into um, the doctor's home, um, see that he had he had his own issues and you know nervous tics, um, and talk to him about it, and even go into his house later and prove uh, that the body or that the soul came out of the body. She also saw multiple lives that she had. Uh, which is pretty interesting. Uh, she also saw one of the good events in her life was to hang out with the meth drinkers and and do good things for them. She also saw uh, a deep psychic wound with her father, uh, brought on by her clairvoyance, being able to see into the future, know that her grandfather was going to die, and just a slight opening of the mouth, one statement caused a lifetime worth of separation for them emotionally. Um, and, you know, she was also able to obtain more powers after her near-death experience as well, uh, to be able to see into people's intentions, past the words that come out of their lips and into the intentions of their hearts. And I think that's one of the most important messages here is to never judge your fellow human being too hard, but try to understand because it's so easy to pass judgment it's very difficult to understand. It's easy to destroy a bridge. It's difficult to create one. So the things that are worthwhile doing in life take time and, and effort. And it's easy to destroy any of them. So that's the important thing is that it's it takes work to work through the important things and to keep that in your mind as we work towards a more spiritually harmonious experience with all the souls on this planet. I hope you guys enjoyed the podcast. I enjoy bringing them to you, and I will continue to do so. I hope you guys are taking care of yourselves physically, spiritually, emotionally. Do art. Do music. Create something. Uh, do a task that helps someone. Do a task that helps yourself. You know, I always say, you know, take care of yourself physically, spiritually, emotionally, and sometimes that can be easily swept under the rug and forgotten about, but... When I say take care of yourself, a lot of times I'm talking about taking care of your physical health, you know, simple things. A lot of us, you know, kind of ignore later on in life, taking showers, you know, clipping nails, brushing teeth, getting haircuts, taking care of your, your, your self-hygiene. But then, you know, when you do that, it helps you to get into a better mind frame to be able to become more spiritually aware, um, you know, of and, and be more mentally healthy. So that you can bring your gifts and, and offer them to other people in the community. Um, and start your day off right away. If you if you continue to think negatively in the morning, uh, you know, sometimes some of us do that. I know I, 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 that's happened to me uh, plenty of times where I just kind of get into this. I wake up, you know, and I'll have these like negative re repetitive thoughts. I change them, you know, and I tell myself, no, these are the, these are the things that you're good at and these are the good things you've done. And I get up and I try to start my day out doing something for someone else, you know. Um, Got to take care of yourself. But, you know, again, trying to be of service to others is a, is a great thing. So continue to follow your hobbies and your goals and your dreams. And as always, continue to question the universe around you. Until next time, guys, take care. Lockdown Universe out.